0: This morning, standing with me this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking in the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua chapter number 3 this morning. Joshua chapter number 3. We're going to begin reading with verse number one we're going to read down and include verse number 5. The Bible says, then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests, the Levites, Bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about two thousand cubits. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. I want you to look at the last part of verse number 4. Joshua said to the children of Israel, You have not passed this way before. Using for my subject this morning a new chapter. Father, I thank you today that today we are beginning a brand new chapter in the life of this church. God, as we look back, Lord, over the last ten and a half years, it is absolutely amazing and nothing short of an absolute miracle to see where you have brought us from to where we are today. But God, I believe with all of my heart that the greatest days of this church are still in front of us. And I pray today, Lord, that you will help us to become what you want us to become. Let your anointing rest upon the message and upon the messenger, Lord, today. Give us ears upon our heart, we pray. All of these things for the glory of God. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and all of God's people said, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, you may be reseated this morning. Well, in Joshua chapter 3, the children of Israel are about to cross the Jordan River and take possession of their promised land. And Joshua gives everyone detailed and specific instructions as to what they are to do. And in verse 4 he says to them, you have never passed this way before. Or in other words, you're about to walk where you have never walked before and you are about to experience what you have never experienced before. Now another way uh, to put that would be to say you're about to begin a brand new chapter in your life. And so it is with us today. Last Sunday we closed the chapter on New Bethel. Today, we open a brand new chapter in the life of this church. And the title of this chapter is called The Grace Place. Amen. You know, when you're reading a book, it's always exciting to begin a brand new chapter. And you begin to think, who, who will be introduced to the storyline in this chapter? And what will happen in this chapter that did not happen in the previous chapters? And you think and wonder, will questions be answered in this chapter that were asked in the previous chapter? Well, today, as we open a brand new chapter in the life of this church, I believe that that there are four things that will accompany the opening Of a new chapter. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. And the first thing is chances. Say that with me chances. After hearing about the promised land all of their lives, the children of Israel finally get the chance to possess it. Can you even imagine how they must be feeling about this time? Oh, oh, what they had heard about all of their life, what they had been dreaming about every single day was just about to become reality. For you and me this morning, we have been talking about this day for nearly two years. As Pastor Steve has already said, for me, uh, it has been an ongoing project for two long years. Somebody asked the other day, Pastor, when did we actually break ground in, uh, f- on this church? And I said, I think it was three or four years ago. It began with negotiations on the sale of the old church when the bulldog showed up. And then there were the meetings with the architect. There was the meetings with the builder. There was the meetings with the banker. And then this past year, it has been daily meetings, sometimes three, four, five times a day. For me personally, it seemed like this day would never come, but here we are. As we open the very first page of this new chapter in the life of our church, we're going to be offered many new chances. Opportunity will knock on our door Opportunities that we have never been offered before Are knocking on our door today In Revelation 3 and 8 Jesus said to the church of Philadelphia He said I set before you an open door And Jesus said and no man can shut it May I say to you this morning that we are doing much more Than just moving from one building to another If you're here this morning and you think all this is about is a bigger building. If you are here this morning and you think all this is about is a a, a different style of building. If you're here this morning and if you think it's all only about moving from one building to another. You don't get it. Our entire DNA is changing. God is going to open doors for us that we have never even dreamed would be possible. And we're going to be given chances and we are going to be given opportunities that we have never been given before. And my question to each and every one of us this morning today is what will we do with these chances? Amen. What will we do with this chance, this incredible, unbelievable chance, that, that this new chapter, this open door? What will we do with it? Will we recognize it? Will we recognize the chances that God is giving to us? You know, sometimes opportunity knocks on our door and we don't even recognize it as a door of opportunity. Sometimes we have prayed and asked God to open the door for us and God opens the door for us and we still do not recognize the opportunity that God has given you see, opportunities do not always show up with a, with a sign with a big giant O on it that stands for opportunity. What are we going to do with these chances? Will we recognize them? Will we re- refuse them? How many times has God given us chances and opportunities in our lives and yet for whatever reason we have refused to act on it? I don't know this morning, but perhaps one of the reasons why doors are not opening for you today and opportunity has stopped knocking on your door, perhaps it is because God has given you chance after chance after chance in the past and you have been unwilling to take the chance. You have been unwilling to walk through the door that he has opened for you. So why should he open a new door for you when you have been unwilling in the past to walk through the doors that he has opened for you? What are we going to do with, with these chances? Will we? Will we? That's hard to say, will we? Say that, will we? Makes it sound like I'm a fun, will we? <laughs> I probably sound like him anyway, all right. Will Will we respect them? Listen to me as I I share my heart with you this morning. As we as a church family open this new chapter called The Grace Place. I want us to do it this morning with awe and wonder. And not at the building. I am not talking about the building. The building is no more or no less than a tool. As we as a church family open this new chapter called The Grace Place, let us do so with awe. Let us do so with wonder. Let us do so with a heart of humility and a heart of gratitude. Let me remind you one more time that I did not name this church The Grace Place because I like the sound of the name. And I do. I love it. The Grace Place. I love it. And everyone, I've ever said that, the name of our new church is going to be The Grace Place. It's almost like they took a step back. I'm telling you the truth. It's almost like they took a step back. I love the name, but I did not get on the internet and search for a cool name. God spoke to me, and God said to me, call your church the Grace Place. Here's where I'm going with this. God is going to give our church an incredible opportunity. He is going to give our church an unbelievable chance. God is saying to us, I am going to give you an opportunity to become a church where I can send the wounded, a church where I can send the bruised, a church where I can send the hurting, or a church where I can send the broken. God says, I cannot send these people just anywhere. God says, I cannot send the wounded just anywhere. They'll get beat up even more. I can't send the hurting just anywhere. They'll be hurt even more. But God has given us an incredible opportunity. He wants to send us the wounded and the bruised and the hurting and the broken. God says, I can't send them just anywhere. God is saying, we, I need a safe place. I need a loving place. I need a secure place. I need an accepting place. I need a non-judgmental place. I'm looking for a grace place. Place of unmerited love and favor. Do you understand? Do you comprehend the chance, the opportunity, the privilege? Oh, I want you to look the building over. I want you to love it. I hope you do. If you don't, don't tell me. But it's not about a building. It's about the hurting. It's about the bruised. It's about the lonely. It's about the discouraged. It's about the down and out. It's about the distraught. Oh, that is needing a safe environment. That is looking and needing a grace place. Do we truly understand the opportunity that's being placed before us? Will we recognize this chance? Will we embrace this opportunity? Will we respect that and value and honor the opportunity that God has given to us? Oh, will the grace place turn out to be just a cool name? Or will those in dire need of grace actually find it here? Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4 verse 18 and 19 Jesus says the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year We ask you this morning, if that be the heart cry of our Lord and Savior, how can it not be ours? What happens when you open a new chapter? Another thing happens, and that is challenges. Back to our text. The good news for the children of Israel was They would finally give the opportunity to possess the coveted, promised land. The not-so-good news was this land was inhabited. And the land would not be given to them. They would have to take it. There were battles that would have to be fought. Well, let me ask you this morning, do you think the enemy is going to turn loose of the wounded and the hurting and the bruised and the heart sick without a fight? There'll be challenges. Challenges. Here's what I have learned, opportunity always comes dressed In work clothes. And with every chance comes a challenge. And the greater the chance, the greater the challenge. Let me just be honest with you. Grace is a challenge for some of us, especially those of us who grew up under the law. May I tell you there are still far too many Pharisees around who ignore the boulder in their own eye but are quick to point out the speck in their brother's eye? Let me tell you that God is going to send us people who don't look like we think they ought to look. And they're not going to act the way we think they ought to act. I've got news for you. Some of you don't act real good either. They don't necessarily fit the little mold that has been cut out for them by the traditional church. It will be a challenge for some of us to accept some of the people that God is going to bring to the grace place. Some of our theology is going to be challenged. Some of us are going to have to read the book again. And lay aside our preconceived ideas and see what the book actually says. Some of our traditional thinking will be challenged. Some of our methods will be challenged. Because with every chance comes a challenge. And the greater the chance, the greater the challenge. Let me ask you this morning, people, are we up for the challenge? That was a question. Are we up for the challenge? We were up for the challenge of building this beautiful building. We were up for the challenge of changing our name. But I ask you this morning, are we up for the challenge of becoming people of grace so that our character and our DNA matches our name? Four things I'm talking about today that will accompany the opening of a brand new chapter. The third thing is changes. Changes back to our text. Multiple changes would take place for the children of Israel as they would cross the Jordan River, leave the wilderness behind them, and take possession of the glorious promised land. Let me just give you a short list. A short list. First of all, the manna would stop. The manna would stop. For 40 years, they didn't have to work for food, it would just magically appear for them on the ground, and all they had to do was pick it up. That's going to stop. The constant daily travel would stop. Their leader would change. The one that had brought them out of Egypt would not be the leader. That would lead them into the promised land. Life as they had become accustomed to was about to change. Let me ask you this morning. What happens when one chapter closes and another chapter opens? Change. Just think about life for just a moment this morning. I was born a baby. I know that's hard for you. Pastor Steve for sure, since he thinks I'm so old. I thought it was just Pastor Braden, but that spirit's come off of him and on to Steve. I love my salt and pepper. I really do. And they got to love me because, first of all, You can't get to heaven without loving me. And second of all, you ain't getting no paycheck if you don't love me. I was born a baby, but I soon became a toddler. Then I became a child. Then I became a teenager. Then I became a young adult. I became a husband. I became a father. Now I'm a papa. Four things about change this morning. Number one, change. It's sure The only thing that doesn't change is change. Change is consistent. It just keeps showing up. It just keeps happening. Some of you are are like the old fellow who was being interviewed. He was 95 years old. And they interviewed him in the nursing home and they said, Wow, you're 95 years old. I can't imagine all of the changes that you have seen in your long life of 95 years. And the old gentleman cleared his throat and he said, Yep. And I was again every single one of them. Don't look around. Another thing about change, it's scary. Because change causes us to have to move out of our comfort zone. Amen. Yeah. My greatest accomplishments in my life were also some of the scariest times of my life. Uncharted water is scary water. When God takes you where you've never been before, when God asks of you what He has never asked of you before, when God takes you on a journey from where you are to where He wants you to be, change can be pretty scary. But not only is change sure and scary, it's also short lived. The thing about change is, (laughs) it changes. Remember the first mobile phones? They came in a huge bag about the size of a suitcase. And only the elite and only the very important are people that thought they were anyway. Only the important people had them, yet today nearly every 12-year-old has a cell phone. And they actually know how to use it. Everything has its season. God takes all of us through seasons. But he also does the very same thing with his church. If you've been around for very long, you will remember, or at least you will have heard of, a few seasons that God has taken his church through in the last 75 years or so. There was a season of healing. And God used people like Oral Roberts, A.A. Allen, Catherine Kuhlman and others. Then came the charismatic renewal where people from every denomination were being baptized in the Holy Spirit and were speaking in other tongues. And then came the faith movement. And then an emphasis on worship, where the, where the church stopped just singing songs about God and started singing worship songs to Him. And then it was all about leadership, 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 leadership. And then the revival era, oh, like Brownsville, Toronto, and Argentina. Today it's all about technology. May I tell you, everything is for a season. Seasons come, seasons go. Understand this about change this morning. It's short-lived. About the time we finally embrace what God is doing in this season, He has already moved on to a new season. Most of the church Universal today is about three seasons behind. Now, some of you think you do not like change. But you actually do. You may not know it. You may think you do not like change. But you do. Fact of the matter is, you are in love. With change You are The fact of the matter is What you love about today You fought against yesterday And what you love today Was yesterday's change Don't tell me you don't like change You love it Here's the way most people respond to change. For most people, first of all, they reject it. Never forget when my buddy David Henry, good to see you, Brother David. He always gets the newest and the latest and the greatest. That's why I hang out with him. He helps me with my stuff. And, you know, he got a beeper before I got a beeper. It's all right. I just gave my secretary his beeper number. And we're out. His beeper goes off. It's not his secretary. It's mine. And then he got the first cell phone. I didn't get one. I just hung out with David. He had one. I said, I know you won't mind me borrowing your cell phone. He's paying the bill. I'm using it. Here's the way most people respond to change. First of all, they reject it. Well, we've got along this long without it. We could go a no little longer. Where's Megan? Was that what a good one? Did you see that one, Megan? She she likes you like my, you like my faces. Was that a good? Well, you weren't watching. Somebody pinch Megan right now. Pinch her. Make sure she's awake. Here's the way most people respond to change. First of all, they reject it. And then eventually they give in to it. And then then as time goes on, then they embrace it. And then as a little more time goes along, they fall in love with it. And then they try to hold on to it. And what they started out fighting against, they end up fighting to keep. Did you know hymns were initially rejected by the church? hymns in the hymn book remember those they were initially rejected by the church it's worldly some of the hymns of the church are written with new words and old bar tune hello hymns were initially rejected by the church because the church said they were worldly. Fifty years later, when hymns were taken out of the church, the people fought against that. Go figure. When preachers first started wearing ties, they were said to be worldly,
1: bringing the world into
0: the church. When preachers started taking their ties off and not wearing a tie, they were criticized for that crazy you wonder why we're grumpy <laughs> notice the last thing about change it's surprising oh the older I get the more amazed I become of God hey let me tell you this morning he all he, he actually knows what he's doing I can look back over my shoulder and I can see how God has orchestrated my life. I see how he has placed this one in my life and that one in my life. Oh, I can see how he took me to this place and then how he took me to that place. And it all fits together now like a giant jigsaw puzzle. As we were standing there, I whispered in my wife's ear and I said, just for 10 seconds, only 10 seconds, I want you to go back 41 years ago. And I want you to recall our first service in that little tiny church in Winoka, Oklahoma. And then I want you to look around this morning. The changes that God takes us through in life are all a part of His divine plan and purpose for us. The Word says He takes us from glory to glory. May I tell you this morning, church, that I am totally convinced in my heart that our church, the grace place, is right smack dab in the middle of God's will. Do you understand what right smack dab means? Thought I'd get kind of uppity in this new church. May I tell you this morning that I have never been more excited than I am right now. May I tell you that I've never been more charged. I've never been more excited. I've never been more enthused. I've never been more convinced in all of my heart that we are right in the middle of the will of God. Amen. And our latter years are going to be greater than our former years. Amen. You haven't seen anything yet. I want to tell you, buckle your seatbelts and get ready. We're on for the ride of a life. Amen. God's going to do things we've never dreamed or never hoped or never thought about before. I'm telling you this morning that eye is not seen and ears not and it's not even entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for us that love him. Give him a round of applause in his house this morning. Amen. Amen. The last thing very quickly this morning the last thing that accompanies the opening of a new chapter is choices. to our text the children of Israel had a choice to make would they go in and possess the land or would they choose to continue wandering in the wilderness would they be content with the manna and the quail that they were able to gather without labor or would they choose to go in possess what their mamas and daddies and grandmas and grandpas and great grandmas and great grandpas have been telling them for years and years. And we too this morning, we have a choice today. Will we embrace what God is trying to do in and through us or will we reject it? Will we roll up our sleeves and get our hands dirty in real ministry or will we sit back and just admire and enjoy our new bill? See, we will only have a short window of opportunity where people will come and check us out. Amen. Yes. The new will wear off really quick. Someone else will open up something newer. Will we choose to make the most of our opportunity? Or will we fold our hands and say, Look around, this is great. This is awesome. I heard through the grapevine, only through the grapevine, but I heard somebody said they didn't want the church to grow. They liked it like it was. Let me ask you this, whoever that was. Aren't you glad they didn't say that when you came in? Aren't you glad that that when you were hurting and you were bruised and you were wounded and you were beat up, somebody met you at the door and said, no, we have no more room. We're full. We're comfortable. We like it like it is. You can't come in. Actually, had a man tell me one time. Man in my church years ago, he asked me, do you have to give an altar call every Sunday? I said, Sir, aren't you glad somebody gave one when you responded? Amen. Amen. Hello? Two things about choices, and then I'm done this morning. Number one, they're initiated. Both God and Satan initiate situations and circumstances in all of our lives that require us to make a choice. Let me let you in on a little secret this morning. You are being set up. James 1. Verses two and three says, "When trouble comes your way, know that your faith is being tested. You're being set up. Sometimes, sometimes Satan initiates the trouble, and sometimes God does. And I know that'll that'll bend you know that'll mess with some of your theology, but I'm telling you, sometimes God initiates trouble, and sometimes, or sometimes the devil initiates trouble, and sometimes God initiates it." Now, let me tell you the difference. Satan does it to tempt you. God does it to test you. The second thing about choice, they are inclusive. Nobody is an island. And may I tell you that every choice we make affects other people. And may I tell you this morning, and I want you to get this. If you don't get anything else this morning, I want you to get this. People are depending on us to make right choices. Oh, hear me, people of grace. People in need of grace are depending on us to become people of grace. God has named this church the grace place. And he is depending upon you and he is depending upon me to become people. He is depending upon this church, that this will not just be a new name. But it will be our DNA. It will be who we are. We indeed will become the grace place where caring people care for people. Oh, oh God is looking for a, a safe place, a loving place, a caring place, an accepting place. God is in dire need of a grace place. question that I have for us today is, what is our choice? Will we say yes, or will we say no? Musicians and singers, get back in place very quickly and very quietly this morning, please. Hallelujah. Father, I just pray today that you will take this word today God, I believe that this is more than a sermon. I put it in sermon form, but it is more than a sermon today. I believe that this is the heart. I believe it is your heartbeat, and Lord, I want to I have your heartbeat. God, people can say whatever they want to say, but I know in my heart. I know what I heard. I know you've been leading. I know you've been directing. I know you've been guiding. And God, you've brought us this far. And even though we have crossed over in a sense in the fact that we are physically here today, but in another sense, have we truly crossed over? And many have. But there are still those that have not crossed over and embraced the challenge embraced the mandate that you have put on this church to become a haven a place of safety a place of grace unmerited love and favor Everyone standing with me this morning, please. Every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. The first part of this altar call this morning is for people who need grace. If you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, then you this morning are in dire need of grace. And oh, what could be greater in this service today than for some people On the first day of the opening of the grace place To receive grace Receive The undeserved Love, favor, salvation Of the Lord Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed Nobody's going to see Nobody's looking about But you're here this morning You're in need of grace today You You are in need of salvation You need to give your life to Christ. You're in the right place today. Grace is available to you today. So if that is you this morning, you're in need of grace. You are in need of salvation. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. I just want you to lift your hand real high. and Let me see that you've lifted your hand all over this room. Let me see your hand this morning. Anyone in the room this morning? Lift your hand up real high. If I don't see it, just kind of move it around a little bit this morning. Move it around this morning it around this morning let me see that your hand is up move it around I'm looking I'm looking I'm looking all over this room the law of average says in a room this size with this amount of people someone here today is in need of Christ someone here today more than someone several someones are in need of the Lord Jesus Christ Holy Spirit do what I am unable to do Holy Spirit do your work in this place all over this room can I see even one hand this morning as as I wait in the presence of God today alright maybe this is All Saints Day it is a year of preparation as we get ready and get prepared alright the next question for this altar call is this you as an individual want to become person of grace. Can I see your hand all over the room this morning? God bless you. God bless you all over this room. Thank you. I'm not saying you don't have any grace this morning, but we're all lacking in this area. I'm a choleric, boss, get-her-done kind of person. We tend to be black and white. If anybody needs to be more graceful, people that have the personality I have. And I tell you that daily I ask the Lord to open my heart and help me to be graceful. Amen. Amen. Can we all move in as close as we possibly can this morning? Come on, get up here, everybody. Come close. Come close this morning. Come close this morning. Come close. Everybody make a move forward, even if it's just a little bit. Let's make a move forward this morning a move forward this morning Father I just pray today Lord that as we've had our first service in this building oh God let this let this really truly be a brand new start for us May we indeed become caring people who care for people. May we indeed become graceful, full of grace. Forgive us for our judgmental attitude. Forgive us, Lord, that although we have a beam in our eye, we constantly criticize our brother because of the speck he has in his. God, I pray that you will do in the heart of the people what I am unable to do. As I am unable to convince, Holy Spirit, you are able to birth in the heart of the people the burden that you have given to me, the dream that you have given to me. Will be birthed in the heart of those there with us, minister to us today. Thank you, thank you, thank you, God, for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're going to do. Give the Lord another shout of praise in this house.
1: to come greater things still to be done in this city After a new season. And Father, I pray that no one would be left behind, but all of us would follow you, follow our pastor into the new territory that you have for us. Lord, I thank you for the blessing and the amazing things you have for, the, for us in that place. I pray that all of us would transition and all of us would go. And Lord, I pray that you would give all of us a new level of grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. If you're a guest with us, please uh, turn in your connection card at our welcome center. We have a gift out there for you. God bless.